Well, ladies and gents, here we go again. A few weeks ago, it was the diesel crisis that we were talking about and how this could impact throughout the United States in terms of GDP and job losses and transport grinding to a halt. And now in the next week or so, in fact, it's about two weeks before this crisis may actually take place, we now have something else that needs to be averted. In fact, more than 320 associations uh, comprising of millions of members have written directly to the president of the USA asking him to intervene before the entire US grinds to a halt. Their words, not mine. So what are we talking about today then? Well, we are talking about this rail strike that is due to take place between anywhere around the 5th of December. And a lot of people don't realize just how important the railways are in the United States. It's a huge, huge industry. And funny enough, I was only reading about the railroads from the sort of late 1800s, early 1900s period just a few days ago. And they were talking about the, you know, the four men that controlled the railroads and the focus for this group was always to keep cutting back costs. How did they want to do that? Well, various ways, but one of them was in staffing. And it's interesting, over a hundred years later, that we're still in the same situation now where the focus of the railways or railroads, whatever you want to call them, are still focused on cutting down on the biggest expense, which is staffing. In fact, since 1980, almost 80% of all the staff, all the jobs on the railways have been cut. And depending on whose figures you look at, it's as much as 28% cut just in the last three years, so pre-pandemic era. That is a lot of staff. So what you've actually seen is rather than the wages being a lot more spread out, you're now seeing higher wages across a smaller pool of workers. The workers are now wanting to go on strike. But before we get into all that, I just wanna really outlay the impact of all of this because 75% of all coal that's used in the power plants in the USA comes and is transported by the railways. You also have around 300,000 barrels of oil that's transported per day. So what are we talking about here? All sorts of fuels um, right through to your car, what you drive. But the biggest impact of all of this is the grocery stores, fresh produce. Now, we know that a lot of the fresh produce is brought in by truckers. We're aware of that. But what would happen if the fuel supply was restricted even more? Remember, we already have a diesel crisis. The refineries would actually stop operating in this scenario. And we've only really had, the last major rail strike was around a century ago. Yes, we had one a little while back, I think it was 1992, but it only lasted for two days before intervention came about and they, and they diverted it. Why? because the economy would simply grind to a halt within a couple of days, two to three days. The strike would cost the economy around $2 billion per day. So you've got to think of the knock-on effects of this as well. This would affect 700, just roughly 700,000 jobs throughout the USA. Now that means around 160 
billion dollars worth of GDP would be affected. So what you would probably see is around a 1% drop in GDP almost right away from this strike. You'd also see inflation rise. And again, the numbers on this vary, but it could be anywhere around 4% would be added to the inflation because of these supply chain breakdowns, meaning that goods and services would be more expensive to transport, not just from the staffing side of things and the trucking side of things, but also the fuel where the refineries would have to slow down because if they can't transport the fuel, or and again, this includes chemicals and all sorts of things, the water supply, there would be so much affected by this that it would be absolutely catastrophic. You also have 27 million bushels of corn and 11 million bushels of soybeans that are transported by the railway industry. So overall, it wouldn't just be your chemicals and your fuels, it would also be your food, passenger trains as well. We're coming up to Christmas or Thanksgiving as well this week, but also coming up to Christmas. So you would see a lot more shortages. And remember that the survey recently said that we've seen as much as 60% of all people have suffered shortages in the USA. So with that said, let's go over to the shared screen and get a little bit more deeper on this. So what is this all over then? Well, most of the demands of the unions have already been met in terms of the, the pay increases and all the other um, standards. But what hasn't been met is, and here it is highlighted, it could come down to seven days. What are these seven days all about then? Well, that is how much paid sick leave some freight rail workers are demanding from the rail companies before they sign new contracts. Rail workers say years of grievances about workforce cuts coupled with new scheduling requirements have pushed them to the brink of exhaustion. Rail companies say the workers are highly paid with the proposed contracts bringing salaries to an average of $110,000 by 2024. So of all the unions that voted on this, there were three that declined the proposal, and this was in the recent weeks. But the main thing is, as I've highlighted here in red, if any of the unions decide to strike, all rail unions will honor the work stoppage. So this is the power of the railway unions. If any one of these unions out of the dozen of them decide to strike, then everyone will strike. Congress can't allow a national freight rail strike to go on for more than a few days. And again, this is because of the absolute impact and the stoppage of the entire US economy if this were to happen. So the companies agreed to significant raises, 24% over five years and being backdated to 2020, and some flexibility in workers' increasingly rigid scheduling requirements. But fully paid sick time, which some rail companies had temporarily offered, was not part of the deal. So we can see here that this has been ongoing for a long time. There's obviously a lot of tension between the railway workers and the bosses. And again, we know the focus of the bosses because this has been going on for a century. It is to bring down costs and raise profitability. Railroads have slashed employment in recent years under a system called precision scheduled railroading, which has allowed them to run longer trains with fewer workers and boost profits. 
During the pandemic, some instituted rigid scheduling requirements that leave workers on call essentially 24-7. In interviews, many freight workers said they felt the company's emphasis on pleasing Wall Street was coming at their expense. One member said it's obvious their entire business model is set upon lowering the operating ratios and increasing profit margins with the end goal of boosting the stock price. It hurts the workers and the customers. Union Pacific and BNSF, the two biggest freight rail companies, had record profits last year, while two of the other top five companies achieved record low operating ratios, a key measurement that gauges the share of revenue loss to expenses like labor. So this is so bad now, this situation, that more than 300 business groups, including the US Chamber of Commerce, the American Farm Bureau, and the International Association of Movers, urged the White House to intervene again to resolve the dispute and warned of the potential for a strike to worsen inflation. That's one thing they definitely don't want. A rail strike, even one of short duration, would be catastrophic. Over to the next article then. It wouldn't take long for the effects of a rail strike to trickle through the economy. Many businesses only have a few days worth of raw materials and space for finished goods. Makers of food, fuel, cars, and chemicals would all feel the squeeze, as would their customers. Yeah, because what would happen is, if they're having all these excess costs, increased costs, they would have to pass them on to consumers if this was over a prolonged period of time. Now, over a week or two, I'm not so sure if that would be passed on. Possibly it would be passed on in a more permanent increase of, of prices. But just over a couple of days, you're probably not going to see it passed on to consumers. The stakes are so high for the economy that Congress is expected to intervene and impose contract terms on railroad workers. And as we mentioned, $2 billion a day this would cost the economy. 700,000 jobs would be lost. I said could be lost. They are saying would be lost as the economy would be thrust into a recession. Well, the US is going into recession no matter what. I think it would just make it a lot worse. The Association of American Railroads Trade Group estimated that 467,000 additional trucks a day would be needed to handle everything railroads deliver. And, and we know that is just not possible. The trucking industry already is having a lot of challenges. So adding almost another half a million trucks, uh, which means more than that in drivers, would be an absolute nightmare. Uh, chemicals would run dry, we discussed this. Passenger problems, so Amtrak would just completely cancel all their operations. Food fears, hungry herds, so again, we've already got problems with uh, chickens and pigs and all sorts of other livestock, so this would only make it worse and make meat prices higher. And this was the letter written to the president, and you can see how many associations signed up to this and just how big these associations are, comprising of millions of workers throughout the US. So these are the dates then, the two scenarios that are being looked at for these rail strikes. So December the 5th or December the 9th, but either way, this would be timed just before Christmas with no way really to make up the shortfall because so many goods are transported by rail to make up that 40% of the US 
goods that are transported would just not be possible with the amount of trucks. So overall then, if this rail strike were to happen, it would be so catastrophic for the USA that I can't even compute and analyze the, the impact. It would be enormous. Already we know $2 billion per day, but the knock-on effects of the problem, which could affect up to $160 billion worth of GDP, that means 700,000 workers as well, could, I know they're saying would, but I'm saying could lose their job if this was prolonged. This is why the last time it took place, it only happened for two days before there had to be intervention. So do I think this strike will happen then? Maybe I'm on the fence 50-50. I think probably what will happen is that Congress will have to intervene since the president isn't going to intervene this time. Congress would have to intervene. And I think most likely they will either approve the extra seven days of sick pay or they'll come to some sort of compromise in between maybe five days worth of sick pay as a compromise at this stage. That would avert a national disaster. That means that the, the country wouldn't just grind to a halt in terms of all the, the goods that need to be transported around. It would alleviate the pressure on the trucking industry, which is already stretched, and it would ensure that the supply chain continues for food in the grocery stores. But if this were to be prolonged, and we're talking maybe a week or more, this would be absolutely catastrophic for the US economy, whilst it's already in a very deep, dark recessionary period ahead. All right, well, that is you up to date as of today. Thank you so much for watching. Take care, God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow for a very interesting video. See you then.